How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? Great, man. Great. Talking about um, Captain America: The First Avenger today. Pretty excited. Uh, it's one of my it's one of my favorite Marvel movies. You know, when I saw this, I saw this in the theaters originally when it first came out, and I really did not like it. Um, Hmm. It felt so disconnected to me, but that must have just been the mood that I was in when I saw the movie, because I I rewatched it once before and liked it a lot then, or at least a lot better. And then rewatched it again last night and really, really enjoyed it. Well, I think part of that is um, this movie is temporarily out of time with Iron Man. So Iron Man is happening in the modern day. And then we and then we jump back to 1941 or so, 42 and World War Two. And so this movie is sort of out of sync with the time period and all the characters that we're going to see. We won't see again. We'll see um, Peggy again um, and we'll see Steve, of course, and we'll see the Red Skull. But. And we'll see, of course, um, Barnes. But for the most part, like these characters are gone. So it's like you, like it, the movies are asking you to invest, even though uh, a lot of these characters won't be in the regular series in the other movies. But I feel the same way. But when I, when I first saw this, I I loved it um, mainly because I love the director. You know who the director is? Um, no, tell me. He is. I just had a notes here. <laughs> he directed. Um, his name is Joe Johnston. He directed uh, The Rocketeer. Okay, which is cool. a, yeah, which is it's a great movie. So uh, when I heard that he was going to, to direct Captain America, I was excited because the Rocketeer's aesthetic was so cool, and uh, he definitely right. brought that aesthetic to Captain America. I think Captain America is a perfect is is the perfect Marvel movie. It, it hits all the beats. I have very few complaints about this movie at all. Like I think I think Chris Evans they does a fantastic job as Steve Rogers. And um, before we like get too of- much into it, I want to rewind a little bit. Um, sure. So the last episode we had was about Thor. Um, and at the end, you we were talking about the post credit scene, and you said that that was really getting you amped up for Captain America. But I don't... I did. I, not being a comic book nerd, I, I, I don't see how you're making the connection from that to Captain America. What is okay, it about so- that post credit scene that, that got you psyched for this? Okay, so at the end of Captain America, um, the scientist and Loki are looking at something, and it's the Cosmic Cube, okay? And the Cosmic Cube is a, like, it's hard to explain. It's a re- So if you look at comics, a lot of comics has different relics. So you have all these different kind of relics uh, throughout the Marvel Universe. You have Thor's hammer, you have Captain America's shield. In the DC Universe, you have the Green Lantern ring. Uh, so you have tons of relics. And these relics, you, you try to find them to gain some kind of power. And so actually it's interesting because once they show the Cosmic Cube uh, in the, the post-credit scene, I realize that the Marvel movies are going to start going deep into the lore. And at one point, the Red Skull has, I think twice actually, the Red Skull has possession of this cosmic cube in the comics, and he uses it against Captain America. Uh, and then once you see that, then I was excited because I was like, okay, I know what the, what the Marvel movies are going to do. They're going to kind of, ta- they're going to kind of d- d- deep dive into some of this uh, more obscure lore. Which they're doing a lot more now, of course. Uh, but that was the first sign, so that's why I got excited because I was like, "Okay, I see the Cosmic Cube. I know the Red Skull used it in the comics, and that, that means Captain America's going to look at some of that stuff." I did not know 
that the cosmic cube was was going to end up being the space gem, and we can talk more about that um, in a little bit. But that's why I was excited. Okay, cool. Yeah, I had no no idea about any of that. That's cool. Um, all right. So you ready for some questions about the I'm ready. Captain America? I am. I am ready. Hit me with them. All right. Um, Steve Rogers says I can do this all day, at, at least twice in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that he says that repeatedly, kind of throughout the MCU. Is, is that something that he says in the comics, or is that just something that we get treated to in the MCU? That's just an MCU thing. Um, I think it was fun. It kind of gave him some character. Uh, and we, we hear him say this in Captain America. He says it twice. He says it in uh, Iron Man Civil War. And he says it in um, Infinity uh, in, in Endgame. But he says it in a kind of a joking way. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, we, we never hear about it again until we never hear it. Again, with those those sections, but no, it's never in the comics. You never hear that kind of stuff. Okay, all right, cool. But it kind of um, it kind of fits into his character. I mean, Captain America. The idea is Steve Rogers deserves to be Captain America because of his spirit. It's not necessarily that he got this super serum and he's super tough. It's more about his like ability to be a good person. And the idea is if he what if he if he wasn't born kind of scrawny and skinny. Um, he would have never uh, appreciated power, and and thus when he got the super soldier serum, he would have abused it. So the, the those same themes, the same themes fit in the comics and in the movie. So I thought that was I thought that was well done by the comics. I mean by the movie. I think it, I think they did a really good job getting us ready to see that kind of stuff and working on his character. Yeah, and that's pretty much exactly what um, Doctor Erskine says yeah. in the movie too right it's like that's mm-hmm. why i chose you is this is going to amplify the serum <clears throat> is going to ampl- amplify whatever's inside of you so yep. he, he wanted to be very selective on kind of the the mindset and the experiences of the person that gets the serum yep uh, but in the comics you didn't really that wasn't a thing I mean, it's the super soldier serum in the comics was just something you stabbed him with, and that was it. It wasn't they. They kind of did. They did a lot more background work for in the movies than they did in the comics. Like I think the comics definitely did some uh, retcon stuff. They start. They kind of filled in the gaps later in the in the in the comics. But when the, when Captain Mar- Captain America first came out, there wasn't a whole lot of that. So was Steve Rogers like this kind of scrawny? Yes, hundred um, percent. He was definitely scrawny, and the super soldier serum gave him powers. Um, but the 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 speech by by uh, Erskine and um, the train and stuff like that that wasn't in the comics at all. He was in the army, but it wasn't like they did. Like, there's a lot of different things that they kind of streamlined for the movie that I thought worked really well. Okay. Um. There's a there's a newspaper headline that stood out to me. Um, some scene in the movie, uh, there's a couple of characters that are reading newspapers, and the camera kind of focuses on one. It says Nazis retake Zitomir. Mm-hmm. Is Zitomir another location from the comic books? Kind of like, uh, God, what's that one that you said was? In the X Men like, comics a lot, like uh, Ma- Madripoor. 
Madripoor, yeah. Is yeah. is Dystrophy kind of like that? I don't know, Mike. Uh, I really, I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, okay. I never heard of it. I guess not. If it is, I never heard of it. It's very obscure. Um, I thought it was just, I thought, so at the beginning of the movie, um, the Red Skull, like, does an incursion into Norway, right? To get the, get, to get the artifact, to get the relic. And I thought right. that was that, I thought that headline was just kind of, hang on for a second. Let me, I know I, I hate doing this, but I'm going to see. Uh, how do you spell Zitromir? Uh, Z-H-I-T-O-M-I-R. C-H-I-O-T. Z-H-I-T-O-T-O-M-I-R. Okay, I totally butchered that spelling. There you go. It, that is an actual place in the U- in Ukraine. So really? maybe that was okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was. <laughs> maybe that's historically referent. Like maybe that's historically accurate. Yeah, you know? uh, it sounded like a made up name to me. Um, apologies to everybody in the. It's Ukraine actually I'm reading. I'm reading Wikipedia real quick, and it, there, there definitely were some battles in um, the Zitromir Bischev offense operation in World War II. It was, it was from December to January 1944. So maybe they would maybe they were just giving us a nice little timeline there. Okay. I was I was I was really looking forward to you regaling us about all of the uh, I stories wish you, about the Zitramir sounds Zitramir sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that, that's no comic reference uh relevance. All right. Okay. Um so the uh the Red Skull says the Tesseract was the jewel of Odin's treasure room in this movie. Um, so yeah. that kind of confirms the question that I asked you about the the blue object that the destroyer was protecting in Thor is definitely the the same tesseract. Yes, hundred percent. It looked and a little bit different in the beginning of the Thor movie as it did at the end of the Thor movie. So that's why I wasn't sure, but that yeah. quote it's, like confirms it. Yeah, and so they're doing a lot of heavy lifting again here. They're using so we we we're in outer space with Thor. Thor has brought outer space into the Marvel universe, and we can use him to talk about the Tesseract, to talk about the Infinity Gems, to bring more space stuff. I think Mar- the MCU's run on all cylinders right now, and bringing in Thor was a really good move. I think the movie wasn't that great, but I do think bringing in Thor. Uh, as the character, as a as a comic character for the movies, as as some lore, did a really good job. And so, in the comics, uh, in the original comics, Odin never had the Infinity Gems. He's never had the Tesseract. But in the movies, it would make sense that someone as powerful as Odin would have these things, right? And so, uh, yeah, it's real, it's real good stuff, real fun stuff right now. All right, I don't really have a question about this, but just tell us about Agent Carter. Okay, that's really good. So I did some research, and Agent Carter, Peggy Carter, is from the comics. She is definitely from the comics. I have uh, a date right here. She appeared in um, Marvel Comics in 1966, and her name is Dr. Marguerite Alexandra Peggy Carter. So she, so 1966, she's had some adventures, right? Tales of, Tales of Suspense, 1975. She also had some appearances in Tales of Suspense in 1966. Captain America, 1973. And then, of course, she had a, like a Martin Day telling in, in 2019. So Peggy Carter is around, and it's really interesting. Um, she had, it's a, you know, it's a comic book, so there's tons of different stories and stuff about her. Um, but from my comic book readings, I've only known Sharon Carter. 
And when I originally watched this movie, I thought they created Peggy Carter as a way to eventually bring in Sharon Carter, but no, they didn't make her up. She's actually a comic book comic book character, so I thought that was cool. There's not much to say about Peggy Carter. Um, unfortunately, in comic books, female characters don't have a lot of backstory. They don't have a lot of history. Um, but I think in the movie, they did an excellent job with Peggy Carter. I mean, they, she's still a love interest, so I kind of you have to kind of roll your eyes. Um, but I think she right. was tough. She was interesting. Um, I like that she was British. I thought the actress was pretty great. Uh, the actress, mm-hmm. who is she again? Uh, she is Haley. I really Atwell. like her. Haley Atwell, yeah. I love her. She's great. She's always fun to watch on TV and screen. So, yeah, I think they did a great job with Peggy Carter. And what I don't like is what they've done with Sharon Carter. I think that's been a problem. We'll talk way more about that when we get into the other comic movies. Um, but Peggy Carter is fantastic. And, and, and it's a tragic story, right? Because, well, it's not tragic. If you look at what Marvel has done, and specifically what the Russo brothers did with Civil War, Infinity War and Endgame, they did a very good job closing some loops. And the idea that we're heartbroken that that Steve won't have this last dance with Peggy, but then um, he'll end up going back in time to be with her in the, in the, in the last movie. I thought that was excellent. It's an excellent, excellent work. Uh, and so Captain, Captain America, the movie, is sort of like the... I know Iron Man's been out. We've seen Thor. But I think Captain America movie, the movie is the first, like, the first thread line, the first movie that's really combining all these movies together and really gelling everything together. Like, we could not have a Thor movie. Oh, let me let me rephrase that. You don't have to watch Thor and to understand the Marvel movies. You can skip Thor altogether. You can skip Iron Man two altogether. You can't skip Iron, uh, Captain America. You have to watch this movie if you want to understand um, the Marvel movies. This is a must-have movie. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, you, we talked about it a little bit already, but what what's Cap's origin story? You said he is actually in the comics. He is a, a scrawny guy. Is there anything else about his origin story? Anything that differs from the movie? No, the movie did really. I think the movie did a very good job characterizing uh, Steve Rogers than uh, the comics did. Remember, the comics came out in nineteen, I think, forty one. So it's a long time ago, and these comics didn't have a whole lot of time, so they were really short stories. So it was kind of quick. Uh, but yeah, the movie kind of developed him more than the comics has. But there's a couple of different characteristics about Steve Rogers, the little scrawny kid, that I think is interesting. First, he is from Brooklyn, so he's always been from Brooklyn. So that's a comic uh, reference. Also. Okay. Guess what his talent is. Now, you saw the movie, right? You just watched the movie, right? I did, yeah. Okay, there's a scene where he's doing something very interesting that's kind of that character, but not really. Yeah, I think I know what this is. What and, is it? Uh, what is it? You know, I, I told you I read the IMDb trivia yeah. after watching movies a lot, so I think that reinforced this uh, drawing. He's, he's yes. an artist. Yeah. He is, he is. Uh, that, see, that's so funny. I read a Captain America comic a long time ago, and he actually, Captain America, Steve Rogers, went to his apartment and was drawing. He was working on some art for an ad firm or something, and then he has to go be a superhero. So he had Hmm. a secret identity in the comics for a while, and his day job was being an artist. I thought that was so clever when they just showed him doing that sketch, Um, because like that's just like no one else, I guarantee you, like, Hardly anyone else remembers or understands that from the comics. 
he is an actual artist. And so I thought the movie doing that was so so much fun. I kind of wish they did more with that throughout the MCU because Captain America, Steve Rogers was as soon as he got the super soldier film, that's pretty much all he was doing was being a superhero. Right. Uh, and so that, and I guess like, I guess um, that's true. Like if you were like, you know, took the serum, became super big and super powerful, got frozen in, in the Arctic and then got revived. Um, you wouldn't have a whole lot of time to like have a personality or have like a personal life. Um, but I kind of wish they kind of spoke more on that. He's um, I kind of feel like the Marvel movies don't really spend enough time talking about how Steve Rogers is kind of like a tragic character. He's at a time. He's very young. Mm-hmm. If you think about how young he is, um, but he's had a lot of experiences. Yeah, with, with Steve's drawings, they they mentioned it a couple of times in the movie. Um, but you're right; they, did? they don't really they don't really touch on it in any of the sequels, as far as I can remember. When did he? They did mention when he rescued Bucky and the other army guys that he kind of looked at the map. And then described it back to them. Oh, he designed his costume. Yeah, okay. That's that's where yeah. I was going. He's, he, he, you know, he, yeah. he's like, you know, this costume's growing on me. The the one that the government threw yeah. together for him for all the gives, stage plays. He, yeah, then he gives um, the not Tony Stark. His father. He tells Howard mom. Stark. He's like, Howard I've got Stark. some ideas about the costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that's great. So that's a movie. The movie's doing a couple of different things. It's showing that he's an artist. Then it's you, they're using that to kind of explain how he could design his own costume, and it's also being true to the comics. Doing good work, yeah. This movie's movie's working, man. It's really good. Yeah, and he had great recall of that map, like you said. So, mm-hmm. yep. all right, hit me again. Hit me again. All right. Uh, while we're on it, we we brought up Howard Stark. Um, this isn't really a question for you, but just something to talk about. There's a different actor playing Howard Stark in this movie. Yep, but he's a younger actor. Yeah, younger actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little bit of research. As far as I can tell, he only plays Howard Stark in this movie and the Peggy Carter TV series. Yep, yep. So uh, Dominic Hooper is his name. This is actually the the third Howard Stark. There was, third. I think, in the f- in the first movie there was a different Howard Stark, and in the second movie in Iron Man, in the first Two, Iron they- Man. The first Iron Man, I'm sorry, they had a different Howard Stark. And then they oh, had a different I don't, one. I didn't even remember yeah. him being in there. Hmm. Yeah, okay. they had a couple they just had a couple photos of, of Howard Stark. Gotcha. Right. Um and then um they had a whole different actor in Iron Man 2. And the guy who played him in Iron Man 2 would would, would keep that character throughout the Marvel movies. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he yeah, comes so, back in, in, in all those sequels, except for this yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Howard Stark is definitely in the comics all over the place. His connections to Captain America aren't as like the are not like what the movies did at all. Like Howard Stark did not design the Captain America shield, none of that stuff. So like that's just them trying to tie some threads between him and Tony Stark. But um, no, he's not. He's not in the, Howard Stark is definitely in the comics a lot. But um, I think the movies like the father-son relationship between Tony Stark and Howard Stark. Uh, mm-hmm. And they like the idea that Captain America knew Howard Stark, that Howard Stark was part of the S.H.I.E.L.D., all that kind of stuff. They're doing some really good work with all these characters, threading them all together. Um, but in the comics, that didn't happen at all. The comics are a lot are a lot messier. And you have to understand with the comics, 
You have multiple writers, multiple artists, multiple editors, and they're all trying to do one thing, sell comic books. So Mm -hmm. they're not... So they didn't really think about threads and storylines and stuff back then like we think of them now. Um, I think they're just like, okay, we have a cool story idea. Let's do another cool story idea. This art is really great. And then they'll get somebody new. And so I think about, it's like, it's so like you had that, remember that game as a kid where you, one person in the room would start, would say something in a person's ear and then they repeat it and then it would get to the end and it would be something completely different. Right. Yeah. The whisper yeah. game or the telephone game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the com- the yeah, the com- comic books are definitely a telephone game. Now they do have editors and stuff keeping track of all the lore and keeping track of all the canon stuff, but it gets really convoluted and sometimes you have to fix stuff. Um but so the movies are streamlining all this stuff, so kind of keep that in mind. Okay, so since Howard Stark did not create the Cap Shield in the comics, who did? Is it someone significant? Not somebody no, not really. I have uh, some notes here about the shield because I knew you'd ask about the shield. <laughs> so I talked about this when we talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier. The Captain America shield that in, in, the, in the movie is 100% vibranium. In the comics, it is an alloy. It's vibranium, steel, and an unknown catalyst called proto-adamantium. Now, in the comics, antimanium, antimantium is the strongest metal ever. Guess who else has antimanium? Walking around. Very good. And so the comics kind of like having that, oh, Captain America's shields for Bram and Antimantium. And of course, there was a, there's a comic book cover where Wolverine is slashing Captain America's shield and it sparks flying. It just looks Mm. really cool. It's just, yeah, it's a really cool cover. Maybe I'll find that for you. Um, So the cat, so it bothered me in the movie that there was a, a vibranium shield that's worth millions of dollars, probably, right? Under mm-hmm. a workbench that that cap was accidentally seized, <laughs> and then Howard's right. like, "Oh yeah, that's all of vibranium we have." Like, first of all, if that's all of our brain you have, you probably will use it for testing or something else or some kind of circuitry or something. If that's mm-hmm. all you have, you're not going to make a shield out of it. You're just not. You're not going to do that. You're just not going to do it. Uh, and so that that is one. Of, that is probably the only thing that bothers me about the movie. Um, but I like uh, the fact that he does find it, and I like the fact that it's vibranium. But um, I, in the in the comic books, this is a it's an alloy, uh, and it's it's a little more complicated. He's given this like some, the U.S. government just makes it for him and gives it to him at some point, and he just keeps it for forever. Okay. Uh, the guy who designed it was uh, in the comics. His name is Doctor Myron. That's all. That's all it says. Hmm. But yeah, it's just okay. like. It was, it was never like a big deal. It was just like, here you go, Captain America. Here's a new shield. He's like, hey, thanks. And that's it. <laughs> but then right. it, it's, it's iconic. But they have done things in the comics over time to explain the shield more. Uh, there's a storyline that I read from a, a recent Black Panther comic where Captain America and, the, and Black Panther's father, the, the, uh, another version of Black Panther or another Black Panther, fight. And Nazis are trying to take over Wakanda as a whole thing. But at the end of it, it's a really good comic. I might put in the notes. But at the end of it, um, they give Captain America uh, some vibranium and says, hey, you might want to make a shield out of this. And he's like, oh, thanks. 
And then he gives that to the government and then they make the shield. So they've done some retcon work. Um, but uh, the idea that that shield, like they could, I don't know how they would have done a better job of introducing that shield. It doesn't make any real sense that something as rare and valuable as vibranium would just be given to a soldier to use. It kind of makes sense. Um, but I, I don't know. I, that's sometimes when you write things, you gotta kind of cover your eyes and hope it works out. And this is one of those things. Yeah, but did you see the other shields that Howard Stark had laid out? Yeah, the they were really cool. From there was one that he could hold with a gun, and there was one that yeah, they were all terrible. It's actually funny. <laughs> um, in the comics, so in the movie, did you you remember in the movie where he had that kind of like angular triangle shield or reverted V shield? Right, yeah, there's a couple of different um, kind of foreshadowing of Cap getting the shield later on in the movie. There's, at the very beginning, before he gets the, the trash term, can still, lid. like, yeah, trash can lid getting beat up in the alley. The car, um, the car, the car door. Right, the car, so he's chasing a cab or something, car door comes off of it, he uses the car door as a shield. The car door has a star and a circle on it. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the one that you were just describing the the shield that, that the government gave him that looks like a it's like a badge I guess yeah yeah a so shield shaped the, shield yeah in the comics that was his first so in the in the in the older comics in the 1940s comics that was his first shield and then he got the 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 um, circle shield later and then of course he was frozen in time for a while. Right. So that was okay. that. So the fact that he had two shield, two different shields in the movies was comically accurate. Oh, cool. I didn't know about that. All right. Is that enough to talk about the shield? Well, I could talk about the shield all day, but yeah, I think it's, that's enough talk for now. <laughs> all right. What about I want, SSR? I, I, want a rep, I want a replica of the shield. I'm going to get one at some point when I have like a bigger apartment, a bigger house to live in. Yeah. Um, because it's just awesome. It's like, you know, it's like where, I don't know why. It's, where are you going to hang it? I don't know. I don't know. I would. I would. I don't know. It had to be. I've. I've. I've been asking my wife for a while to get. Um. To let me have like a little game room type deal. I don't know if I ever get that. But if I ever had a game room, I'd do that. Yeah, that'd be a good spot for it. All right. Next question. Yeah. SSR. Is what is that? Is that from the comics? No. Okay. So just some <laughs> made up thing from the movie. Yeah, totally so insignificant. It's significant because they're trying to create the idea that sh- that the first ideas of Shield began way back in the forties. Um, so ah, it's significant. Okay. It's significant for the comic movies, but not for the comics itself. No. So that makes me. I have a vague memory. So has Marvel made it so that in the MCU, Shield was originally started by Peggy Carter? I gotta do some more digging on that. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that the Marvel comics have retconned it to make it so she did that. I know the Marvel movies do that, but uh, when I was reading comics, uh, the government created Shield. It was a way. It was an easier fix. Like this is Shield. We need Shield. There you go. Okay, um, but, but in the know. movies, it, in the movies, it was Peggy Carter. I'm not getting that confused with Doctor Who or anything. No, 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 no. Yeah, so you, you, you're correct. So okay. at some point in the movies. Howard Stark. So if you watch Captain America Winter Soldier, they have like a plaque and it shows like um it shows General Chester Phillips, who is played by what's his face? Uh that old general guy. Hang on. Um Tommy Lee Jones. 
So they show Tommy Lee Jones, oh. they show Dominic Cooper, and they show Peggy Carter, Haley Atwells. They show their pictures, and they said um, established Shield at this date. So it's assumed uh. that those three guys created Shield um, after Captain America disappeared, and it kind of makes sense, right? Because Captain America's carrying the Shield, they create Shield, that kind of deal. Okay. All right. Here's another not a question, but just man. I was watching this last night, and this quote is powerful. Um, What's the name of the doctor? Dr. Erskine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So Dr. Erskine's got um, Steve Rogers sat down on a cot. This is like the day before um, they inject him with serum, turn him into Captain America. Um, and he says to Steve, so many people forget that the first country the Nazis invaded was their own. Yeah, that was great. That's a great quote. Like that, 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 that hit me like a like a, a ton of bricks or like Captain America's shield. Yeah, Stanley Tucci, man, killed it. And that scene on the bed with them two was is probably one of my favorite movie scenes, period. It's like up there in the top ten. It's so honest. And we haven't even really talked about the special effects wizardry they're doing to make Chris Evans look, look small. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right. Like the, it's like it looks it looks perfect. It always yeah. looks perfect. Right. And like, I'm like, God, how did, how did they do this? Uh, and so, again, like that scene with, with Erskine and, and uh, Steve just being like honest guys talking about problems and being scared, not knowing what to do the next day and stuff like that worked really well. And Stanley Tucci nailed that, nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. And so that, that definitely he, he definitely talks about the origins of um the red, the red skull. So that's, that was a good scene too. Johan Smith. Right. Um, I don't really know how they did little Steve. I have a vague idea. Um, cause yeah, you're right. It looks perfect. Like usually with effects like that, you can see all oh, they, there's a little imperfection, but it really looks like it's little Steve Rogers for the first yeah, little it, bit of the movie. It's stunning. But, what what they did apparently is every time there's little Steve in the in the frame, they shot each of those scenes four different times. What? Yeah, they shot it once with um with um Chris Evans. Uh shot it once without Chris Evans, once with a smaller double. What was the fourth time? And I think the fourth time is they shot it with Chris Evans kind of hunched down and with marks kind of Mm. indicating where lines of sight should be. Okay. Wow. But can you imagine shooting every scene four times? It works. They have to. It works. Yeah, it definitely Um, works. It just, it's very convincing. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's just so good. Like, that's something that that, that we could never have done until until then. You know, like, the the technology wasn't there. and And the fact that, like the reason why the Marvel movies are are so good is because the technology is there to do all this crazy stuff that we it, it, that we couldn't have done it. Like if you look back to Lord of the Rings, if Lord of the Rings never got made, we wouldn't we would never have had all this stuff because they did so many innovative things with special effects with those movies. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. And then you got the Matrix and everything else. So every once in a while, a movie comes along and just kind of reinvents how you can use technology. And um, it's just so impressive. It's just amazing. All right. In this movie, uh, Hydra goes rogue. Um, they kind of break away from Hitler. 
Yeah. Um, is that MCU thing or comics thing? MCU thing. In the comics, Hydra is just a generic um, fascist terrorist group. So like Cobra, you know, <laughs> it's like Cobra aim. You right. know, so it's just kind of cool to have like these guys yet that you can beat up. And that's really important. You have to were have they, people were they a stand in for the Nazis or. Uh, I think you could say that. Um, yeah, because I think when the when Hydra was kind of introduced in the 60s. It was sort of a way to kind of cause Nazis. There's no more Nazis necessarily, right? So you have to have some kind of bad guys to fight. So let's make Hydra. So yeah, um, the, I think the MCU did a very good job explaining where Hydra came from. In the comics, the Red Skull was never uh, a part of Hydra. He never led Hydra. He had very little dealings with Hydra. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so that all that was all MCU. Uh, and that's fine. I mean, if you never read a comic book, you wouldn't care. And I guarantee you, if you've asked 10 comic book fans if Red Skull and Hydra are connected, they say, yeah. But I did some research to double check and no, Red Skull uh, was never a part of Hydra at all. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, not being a comic book reader, I guess I I guess I don't care. But it it seems I mean, he's got the I don't is the Red Skull is in in the comics. Is he German? He no the red, the red skull in the comics is definitely German. He's definitely okay. a Nazi. Um, the, he wore a mask. Uh, he didn't have the the red skull at, at first. He didn't have a red skull. He wore a mask. But he was just uh, the red. It's actually interesting in the comics. The red skull. There there are a handful of villains in the comics that are that you just know when they show up, things are about to get real bad. Doctor Doom. Galactus, Red Skull, they are one of them. And so Red Skull is a perfect villain for Captain America. And Red Skull is just a fascist. Like, he's just real bad dude, just not a good dude. Uh, and, and so whenever he showed up in the comic books, it was just like, oh, the Red Skull's here. Oh, God. Um, he's like, it's a, so they did a very good job. Like, I think, I actually think the MCU Red Skull is more pal- palatable than the comics one. I think the comics one is like a guy you don't want to be around. You don't want to see him get away. And uh, in the MCU, uh, he's just like, okay, this guy's a bad guy, but there's some reasons behind it. So it's, I, I, can give, I can give a little more empathy to him, but it's so, it's so funny. Okay. What, what were his reasons? I'm trying to think. Well, I think Johan Smith, I think part of his reasons in the movie, uh, played by Hugo, played excellently by Hugo Reaving. I think part of what he wanted was just to control, like the world, like some, like like a lot of really bad guys. Like if you look at like Hitler, or you look at let's let's use Red Skull. I think they think I know what's best for the humanity. I mm-hmm. know the best way to help them. The only way I can help them is by killing a lot of them. <laughs> and like it's mm. it's warped logic, but yeah. it makes it makes somewhat sense if you. I know it's. It, I, I, people were going, I think, oh, God. Uh, I think Thanos was a little bit more, um, they worked really hard on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanos, make, Thanos did a better job of selling it to me than Red Skull did, to be honest yeah, with you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Uh, okay. and like, to be honest with you, like some people just don't believe that democracy is a good way for people to govern themselves. They just don't think it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, he, uh, so Red Skull is one of those people who just thinks, well, People are stupid. Somebody has to lead them. I'll do it and I'll make them. I'll make it happen. You know, so that's kind of what his reasoning is, um, 
which is interesting. I think I think Captain America could have done a little better job selling that. Like it's too easy just to throw Nazis into a movie and that's their motivation. So I'm a Nazi, you know, like that's <laughs> what we do. We, like right. no, like there needs to be a little bit more to that. Um because the people like people just don't wake up thinking I'm going to be a terrible person. Um but again, they did better with Thanos than they did with Red Skull. But even though I loved Hugo Weaving in, in, in this movie, I thought he was fantastic. Uh, yeah, so we jumped ahead a little bit in my questions, um, but let's talk more about Red Skull. Is there anything else? I mean, you said that he plays pretty often in the comics, right? Mm-hmm. Not often. Uh, he's around quite a bit. I think he. I think chronologically he is dead. Let me find out. Make sure. I think in the comics he might have died. Is he deceased? I don't know if he's dead or not. Uh, it's been a couple of times. M- in the MCU, we don't know. I mean, yeah, he's, MCU presumably is, he's alive. Yeah, right? that's a, yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff of that. We just, <laughs> we'll get to that later. But in, in the MCU, he's technically alive. But in the comics, so, I think he's he's dead technically. Yeah, in in this movie, um, I mean, he gets z- zapped off uh, to the great beyond in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marvel effectively puts Red Skull into cold storage um, for some point, what, five movies from now, maybe, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. And he does nothing until um, he's needed later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I thought I thought that was clever. I thought we would have seen him. More. I thought we would have seen him sooner. I thought we would have seen him in the next movie, but uh, I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get. I thought Red Skull was going to be a major villain uh, in the last movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for whatever reason, they didn't do that. Um, I, I've heard a rumor that he's going to be in the next Captain America. I find that hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a rumor. I think if that's true, that'd be awesome. Like a black Captain America going against a Nazi would is like what everybody wants to see, right? Um, but I don't know if that's true or not. We we'll yeah, have to wait and see. That's a good. That's a good idea. Um, I think one reason maybe he went into cold storage for so long is that um, I, I was doing a little bit of reading, and apparently Hugo Weaving was just kind of meh about the whole experience. Um, I, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he just didn't really want to come back and reprise that role. Yeah, Hugo. He's also kind of getting older, and like I just kind of feel like. He's never really been a hundred percent into any of the his, his classic movies. He he liked he did the Matrix, but he was like kind of eh about it. He did Lord of the Rings, but he was kind of eh. I think he's just kind of eh about doing his job. I think he's like eh. <laughs> I, I seriously do think that. Like I, I, when I read yeah, articles and stuff, about him, it's just like eh, I'll do it. It's fine. I mean, his he's voice, so good at it though. He's so, so good. good. But I think he's just kind of done. He's like oh, whatever. I'm I'm fine. Like, I'm, I'm kind of sick of doing this. Right, like, you, have to, you have to think if you're a trained actor, like doing Shakespeare and stuff and doing all right. these high level plays. And then someone's like, hey, I want you to play Red Skull. <laughs> it's like, you know, after a while, you're just like, oh, that sucks. I don't want to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he did a great job in the movie. I loved him. Right. But he was um, he was Agent Smith in The Matrix. The, yep. All three movies. And, yeah. And and. Uh, in this movie, he's uh, Joe Smith. Is basically the translation of his name. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, so same last, same last name, basically. I learned something new. I did not know that. <laughs> All right. Um, 
This, here's another. I'm I'm full of not really questions for this movie. Sure, go for it. Um, okay, who's the bowler hat guy? That is a question, but it leads. I'm into glad something. you brought this up. Yeah, so his name is, his name is um, Dum Dum Dogan. He's part of the Howling Commandos. Uh, he's first seen in the comics in Sergeant Fury, uh, 1963. And I was thinking about this today. Um, the comics in so Steve Rogers disappears in 1944. Okay, let's just say that. And then the comics, Marvel Comics, starts going getting up again in, in 1962 with, with Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, all these other guys. They bring back Captain America around that same period, but it's only a 20-year difference. So Captain America has been in the ice for 20 years. That's not long. And so when the Howling Commandos was, was brought up in 1963, Nick Fury was alive, and he was like doing Army stuff. Actually, Captain America and Nick Fury knew each other. It's a whole thing. And the Howling Commandos was kind of part of that tradition with Captain America and all the other guys. Uh, and so all the guys that were in the movie is based off of comic book guys. Like the, the whole crew, the Howling Commandos, are based off of the Howling Commandos. They actually is really interesting. The Howling Commandos, they, they became pretty popular in the comics for quite a while. And comic books like referenced them and talked about them in different ways. Um, but, uh, in the movies, it was just like, it, it was assumed that after Captain America died and after the war was over, their job was over too. So, but yeah, d- uh, you know who plays him in the movie? Uh, God, was that? He's very familiar looking, but I, I don't know. Neil McDonough, Neil McDonough, Neil, Neil McDonough. He is so good. He played a villain in Arrow. He also played that same villain in Legends of Tomorrow. He also played in um, Star Trek First Contact. He's just a great actor. Like, he's just really good. Um, and I, I, I liked him in this movie. Whenever I see him on TV, I'm like, hey, it's Neil. Because he's just kind of, he's like very unique looking. He's a good actor. I, I think he's great. So um, here's why I, I thought to ask Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Him. Real quick, real quick. Neil McDonough was also in um, the uh, the uh, what's that show's name? The Army movie, the World War II show from HBO. Big deal. Band of uh, Brothers. Yes, he was also in Band of Brothers. Yeah, that's that's probably how they picked him out for this movie. Yep, there's I some agree. Band of Brothers ish scenes in this movie. Hundred percent. Um. Yeah. So the reason I thought to ask you about him is he has this one line. And he says he's talking to a, a Hydra guard in, a, in prison. He says, you know, Fritz, one of these days I'm going to have a stick of my own. That has to be a callback to a comic book. No. No? <laughs> no, no. You're killing me. He doesn't, like, carry a stick in the Howling Commandos or anything like that? No. He has a hat. Right. That's it. I like that, though. I like that. I totally I like misread that. that. It sounded like sounded like from the comics he's known for having a stick. So we're going to known for the being, audience. He's known for wearing that hat, having a red mustache, and being fat. That's what, that's okay. what, that's what, that's what he's known for. Um, All right. Strike one for me. All right. I'm, okay, strike one. Are we doing <laughs> strikes? I didn't know that. That's actually kind of uh, No, but, you know. I'm allowed to have one, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right, keep hitting me. Okay. Uh, Hydra's plan in this movie is to basically attack everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really... 
I don't know. They don't really go into why, or at least I didn't pick up on it. But um, I guess you said already that's really what they were trying to do is just kill a lot of people. Yeah, it actually is based off of if I think either it's based off of comic book story or maybe the comics kind of talked about this at some point. But there's a similar plot in the comics as well. The same kind of plot. And uh, they just had to get Captain America in the air. So the story was that there was a flight, like some kind of plane thing going off with a bomb, right? Um, Captain America jumps for it. He misses it. He falls into the ocean and freezes. Uh, Bucky, his partner, actually jumps on the plane and is able to detonate it. And and we think that uh, he's dead at the end. I've talked about this before, how Bucky used to be the only comic book character that was dead and staying dead, but he obviously doesn't. Right. Um, so they kill off Barnes, Bucky, in the middle of the movie. Uh, and so they just had to get Captain America in the air so he could crash and then be frozen in the, in the, in the, in the Arctic. That's all they needed. So I think that's why they did the plane thing, just to have that. But it does have some comic book significance. Not much, but it does have some. Was that crash in the Arctic or Greenland or Canada? The Arctic. Do you know? North. Uh, the Arctic. Okay. Okay. Like the North Pole. Right. Where Santa lives. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, where, that's where he lives. Yeah. So, uh, how did you feel when you, you already said, like, Bucky and Steve, they both kind of go down on the, on the plane in the comics. How did you feel with the train scene in this movie? Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. So, when, that, when they, if you remember correctly, um, Steve, Captain America, rescues Bucky from that from Zola's lab and that character never really acted the same in the movie if you notice that he was a little off the whole time I don't know if you know for sure but he just kind of felt because like at the beginning of the movies he was kind of happy you know kind of like you know a little jolly Uh, but then when Steve rescued him he kind of seemed a little off and and mildly jealous Um, and so um in that scene where he grabs the shield to protect himself and he gets like pushed out of the train, I guess it was a way to give um, Steve Rogers some kind of emotional push to finish what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And like all the comic book people knew that he wasn't dead. We knew that. Um, but I'm not sure if they handled it correctly. I kind of wish they, they, they handled that a little differently. I like Barnes. I, um, in the original comics, this is really interesting. The original comics, Bucky's far younger. He's a child, basically, like a young teen, maybe 15 at the at the oldest. And he actually, in the comics, they kind of did some retcon stuff for this. Uh, he B- Captain America like trained him to be a partner, but secretly the government uh, told Bucky that he was going to do more black ops stuff that Captain America wouldn't know about. So, so he was like a secret agent kind of deal. Hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, so it's really, it's, he has a darker past. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I don't know how I feel about how they handled Bucky in this movie. I, it, it, it's fine. Um, looking back now, the Winter Soldier is such a big part of the MCU movies and the MCU in general. He's a, he's a huge part. Uh, I guess part of that is because he was so popular in comics and, and they're doing a really good job in, with the, with him in the movies. Um, but I kind of feel like they killed him off a little too soon. I don't know. How'd For someone feel? that doesn't read the comic books, I I thought it was emotionally like it plays out really well. It was, you know, it's a huge letdown seeing his friend yeah, die it, like that. 
Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, it, it, it for me, I saw it and I was like, well, he's going to be back in the next movie. We all know that. Yeah, see, I I, I didn't know yeah. he was going to be back ever. So I thought yeah. that was just it, you know. Yeah, that, um, and it's yeah. a pretty like it's a you know it's not played lightly or anything. It's no, yeah. I did, I did think it was weird now that you mentioned that um, Bucky was a little bit off ever since he was rescued by Cap from. Uh, the Hydra base that um, mm-hmm. did you rewatch the movie recently? Uh, yeah, saw it last week. Watched okay. it again last week. So Bucky sells himself off in one of the train cars from Cap. Yeah, and I can't figure out why he would have done that. He sealed himself off, and he just the seal it seal itself. I thought well, he, he sealed itself. I think he. I think he closed the door. No, I thought after- the door was closed on him. I have to go back and watch, but I thought he closed the door. No, I, mean, I think I think a lot. I think some of the, I think the movie kind of wants you to think that he could be like turned uh, right. just a tad bit. But when I watched that, I just thought the door that like, it was a trap. So Zola's trapping them. And he seals it off. So that's mm-hmm. what I thought. You might be. Right. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was anything nefarious. Okay. All right. Um, all right. We talked about Hydra's plans. Um, okay, um, so Captain gets, we, you know, we talked about the plane, goes down, he's in the Arctic where Santa is, and he's frozen for almost 70 years. Yeah, in the original comic, he was he was frozen for 20 years until the Avengers found him, but in the MCU, he's frozen for 70 years, yeah. And that's just because they needed to pick up, you know, in, in the comics, they wanted to sell comic books, and in the, yeah, I mean, Captain America came out in the yeah. Well, I, I didn't have enough time to look at all the legal issues that would. So, I, if I remember correctly, Marvel Comics bought the rights to Captain America and all those characters from the old comics, and that's why they had him, and that's what, and that's how they brought him back. So, yeah, they're totally going to sell a lot of comics with Captain America. Um, but I think um, Stan Lee and and all those Marvel dudes just bought the rights to them and then used them. Um, when they started, when they when they created the Marvel Universe with the the Avengers and stuff like that, so there's some legal stuff that I'm not 100 percent sure of. I should have researched this more, but there was a whole group of characters like no like Neymar, uh, the Human Torch, and a couple others that Marvel just bought and owned and then incorporated into um, their universe. That was uh, the Human Torch was a bit of trivia that I I read up on. Um, apparently, earlier in this movie, there's. Uh, I guess in the museum they have a they have a standee of the Human Torch in the museum. I remember that. Yes, and Chris Evans played the Human Captain- Torch in an earlier Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Well, see, this is some nerd. Are you ready to get uh, really nerdy? Because it's about to get super nerdy uh, in here. Yeah, I'm ready like, for it. Let's go. No, no, no. Super nerdy. The the original Human Torch fought in World War II, and he was a robot. <laughs> and he has no real connections to uh, the. Hang on, to, hang on, a second, um, hang on, hang to, on. The the Human Torch was a robot. <laughs> yeah, they call him the Human Torch, but he was All a right. robot. He was an okay. android. I'm not sure why they call him the Human Torch when he was a robot. Right, okay, anyway, um, but uh, he has no real connection to Johnny Storm of the Fantastic Four. They just look similar, um, but uh, I forget his name. But it's a whole like he's a whole thing, man. I'm not sure 
Um, it, he was created by someone in a lab, and he ended up fighting the Nazis. Like, so it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's, it's actually they do in fun. fact have the same name. Um, they're so both yeah. human torches, right? Yeah, yeah, they're both human. They're both the human right. torch. But I mean, one is you know part of Fantastic Four. He was he was created by a science experiment, and another one's a robot created by a dude to right, fight a Nazis. robot. So it's called the Human funny. Torch. Yeah, I, I did. I don't make it up. That's what. That's how it is. That's that's. That, you just have, you have to respect. You have to respect the lore. You can't question right. it. I, I, you know, I think I kind of like this better. The Human Torch robot. I like that better than the um, telepathic bird. Yeah, you know, it makes more yeah. sense. <laughs> it's kind of a callback to Daft Punk a little bit, or maybe a foreshadowing for Daft Punk. I don't know. Inspiration. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the publisher for the original Captain America. I'm gonna have to look this up. Um but yeah, so yeah, um if I remember correctly, uh Marvel so these people bought all these rights to these old comic books from this publisher and that's how they got Captain America and some other people. Yeah, I read that um I read that Stan Lee didn't create Captain America, so that goes with what you're saying. They bought the rights to Captain America. But what Stan Lee did create mm-hmm is Captain America throwing the shield and then the shield coming back to him. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So. All right. I'm, I'm all out of questions for this movie. Is there anything else you're dying to tell us about? I'm not dying to say anything. Um, eager? Are you eager to tell is, us anything? Yes. There, 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 there are some things that I'm eager okay. to, to talk right, about. Uh, so the movie itself... It does an excellent job setting up some of the different kind of themes and, and stuff that we're going to see in the next movies. Like, so, for example, um, the Tesseract is going to lead to the Avengers, which we're going to talk about next. And so that uh, is helpful, right? That, without Captain America, that couldn't have happened. Um, that it also creates kind of like the dynamics of S.H.I.E.L.D. It gives us a little history. Uh, it gives us some connect. It gives us gives us connections. Did you watch the post credit scene? I hope you you, you obviously yeah, I did. did right? I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was cool with Nick Fury showing up and everything else. So the movie's important. I think it's if you if you watch this movie, it's you gonna get a better sense of how the MCU's gonna work. Like. I, there is a love story, but the, I think the female lead is treated with respect. That, and we're not going to get this again for a while. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, a, it's, talk a, about, it's a touching love story in the movie. It's not. Yeah, it's a touching. Like, yeah, it's a touching love story. Um, it's not just a, oh, all of a sudden, these two characters that really have no reason to have affection for each other are in love. There's some build up to it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and one could argue that they had that same affection before he got all super big and tough. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I think they had affection for each other mentally. Physically, it's for, it was a little mm-hmm. different. I mean, he's not exactly a, a great-looking dude as a scrawny, sickly kid, but when he got all muscly, she's like, okay, now I don't, this might work. Okay. Anyway, um, the movie's got the right tones. Uh, I feel like it's respect, it respects like the comic lore. Um, the fight scenes are really awesome. So everything's working. Uh, so uh, I can't. I can't really say that for Iron Man two, Iron Man, Iron Man two, and and even Thor. I just can't. I can't say that hundred percent yet. I, but I can say Captain America does a good job 
getting us ramped up for the Avengers, 100. Like, and um, I, and this, it, this none of this will happen without Chris Evans. He's a fantastic character. I mean, character. He's a fantastic <laughs> actor. Uh, and he did a brilliant job with Steve Rogers. Like he, he, no one else can play him in my opinion. Like he, that's it. He's the only right. One. Yeah, absolutely. But such a great movie. Um, what's your favorite part of the movie? Like, what's your favorite scene? You know what? Um, I'm putting it in the spot. No, no, I've, okay. got, I've got an answer ready to go. Um, I really enjoyed those kind of, I guess you call them vignettes. The the little scenes of Captain America and the Howling Commandos, now that I know their name, doing doing oh, their yeah. operations, doing their missions. That was cool, man. Yeah, no, that's that. That's they see. It's just so. It's so smart. It's like we don't have time to, to go into detail about their missions, but they create. Okay, we have these bases. These guys are gonna go and shut these bases down, and we have a cool montage of them doing it. And it takes like what ten minutes? Not even ten minutes. Like five minutes. And it it's it kind of like when, when did Captain America? When did Captain America? Ugh, I'm sorry. When did Captain America become a good fighter? Was in those montage scenes. You know, at first mm-hmm. he was kind of clumsy, but at the end he's throwing that shield perfectly. He's doing all some crazy stuff, uh, and so yeah, that, that, that the movie just does a good job with pacing, with using their time wisely. The script was was good. Uh, it's just it's just a great movie, one hundred percent. Yeah, and those vignettes were fun. I agree. 100%. If Marvel ever wants to make some more money, just do a TV series of like taking those oh, vignettes. Yeah. Pay Chris Evans whatever he needs to come back and do, you know, Captain America the TV series. Oh man, that would be that would be so great. That would be. I would I would watch the Howling Commandos, like you know, like they, what what they did after he left. You know, that would yeah, be fun. That That'd could be, a be lot good. Of fun, yeah, actually. Right. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, we haven't mentioned Zola yet. Uh, he is a comic. He's a definitely uh, Ar- Ar- Arnim Zola is a huge comic character. Uh, he is uh, his comic character is Mordor. I think his name is no Mordok. Mordok. Uh, we'll see him in Captain America: uh, Winter Soldier. But um, he's a. He, I thought he was a, Toby Jones did a great job with him. Uh, he's and he's that's definitely the, a comic um, actor. That's he the works the smaller guy that works alongside Red yeah, Skull. little scientist. Yeah, at a certain point, he will go on to form AIM, I think. Um, but I think it, I think they did a really good job with him and kind of using him, like kind of showing uh, the way his. Like, if you look, if you watch the movie, there was a scene where he was in a microscope or something, and his his head, his face was kind of that's, enlarged. That's his. That's his on, first on scene. That's his introduction. Yeah. So uh, the actual character, he's, he has a huge head but a really small body. So it's kind of funny. Um, but I thought he, I thought that was comic accurate. I mean, the whole thing was just well done, and and the, I'll just have this last takeaway: the movie is starting to connect to more obscure, small things from the Marvel universe that's going to pay off way, way later, and 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 also things that I don't think the Avengers is going to take advantage of. I, I think that uh, the Avengers is going to be a huge commercial hit for Marvel. But Captain America: First Adventures is their best movie so far, and, and it's going to be that way for a while. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, Zola, you said he goes on to create AIM. I think it's AIM. Uh, is that like AIM? I think it's AIM. Yeah, they were actually mentioned in uh, Iron Man Iron Man Three when we have to watch that terrible thing. <laughs> oh God, I don't want to do it. <laughs> you got to. Um, 
I know. Hang on. Yeah, I have no idea what Amy. No, he was. He was. He, he, other he was. He was a scientist. He was a scientist for Hydra, but he also worked with AIM. Okay. Advanced. Advanced something mechanics. All right. Does that have anything to do with vision? No. Okay. All right. Shot Shot in the dark, so. but no. okay. All right. It's time. What do you think of the post-credit scene? I thought it was perfect. It, it was. It was. A, it was a good post-credit scene that. Uh, I thought it was clever that they 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 were trying to trick him by playing an old baseball game, uh, and he went he actually went to that game. <laughs> it was kind of funny, uh, and so he's like, "No, this isn't real. I'm being manipulated." Right. And I also liked how as soon as he came out the ice, he was super tough. Like those two guards came in, he just like wipes them out and just like runs out. You know, that's that's awesome. Um, I forgot to mention a lot of the things that you're seeing. From now on, with Shields and the Avengers, is coming from the Ultimate Universe, not the, the original not the original universe. So we got the six one six universe, and you have the Ultimate Universe that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. You like Shield didn't form the Avengers, and they had nothing to do with the Avengers. And we'll talk more about that with our next podcast. So with Nick Fury um, showing up, uh, talking to um, Steve Rogers, that is straight from. Uh, the the ultimate line. The original comics, the Avengers find him in the ice, and the government has nothing to do with it. Ah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, and it's it's kind of annoying at this point too. Uh, I don't like how heavy the shield stuff is in these movies. Uh, I understand why they probably have to do it, um, but I mean, it's it's, it's a lot of that post nine eleven stuff, like a big government agency protecting us from terrorists, right? Um, but I'm just not feeling. I'm not. I'm kind of getting sick of it at this point. I'm kind of glad that the Winter Soldier gets rid of it. Uh, we'll yeah, talk more about that. There's later. good commentary on Shield and all of that in later Captain America yeah. movies that I, I that I really like. Yeah, actually, yeah, I think the Russo brothers did more work um, with Winter Soldier than I thought they did. Uh, it is kind of an interesting commentary. You're right. Um, so we'll just wait. Have to wait to talk about that. Okay. But um, yeah, Captain America is a great movie. 100. Uh, percent uh, I love them all. Uh, I wish that um, we got more Haley Atwell uh, in the other movies, but you know we take what we can hey, get. Speaking of, did you ever see the Peggy Carter or is it Agent Carter TV series? I have not. I have not, but I heard good things. People seem to like it. Did you watch it? I haven't. I think I saw one episode, and that's it. I might watch them. It's on Disney Plus, probably. Right? I have no idea, but hopefully, yeah. I have to check hopefully, it out. yeah, yeah. All out. right, so the next movie we're going to be talking about is Marvel's The Avengers. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I could talk about this movie again another two hours, but yeah, I think we just, I think we just, re- at this point, I'm just being a fanboy about it. So, right. uh, but yeah, we're talking about the, we're talking about the big one now, man, The Avengers, the one, like all the movies have been leading up to this. So we're about to see the big finale, the big, the big good stuff. Do so you have any idea excited. why the official title of that movie, at least on Wikipedia, is. Marvel's The Avengers. Uh, there is another um, old TV show called The Avengers. Uh, it's a, I think it's a British okay. TV show. Yeah, the, I wasn't sure if that was why or if there was another comic book called The Avengers. No, it's, they probably wanted to make sure that when you went to uh, the DVD store, you got the right movie. Gotcha. Because <laughs> there, there is another one called The Avengers. Yeah, that was a um, British TV show. Yeah, maybe, but, maybe movie too. Yeah. Yeah, they made a movie with Uma Thurman. Yeah, she was in it. 
Oh yeah, you're right. Yep. She wore some really some really tight. The whole reason to go see the movie is because she wore some really tight black outfit. That was all it. I know is that <laughs> in the TV series they drove a Lotus Elan, I think. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so that's our next movie: yep. Marvel's The Avengers, or just The Avengers. Yeah, man, get ready for that spectacle. Uh, I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. All right. So, should people tell their friends about the podcast at all, or? They should definitely tell their friends about our podcast, and they should also uh, follow us on Twitter. What's the Twitter handle? At Super Sideshow. Yeah, and follow me. If you want to, you can follow me on Twitter at J Slacks, um, J-A-Y-S-L-A-C-K-S. What's your Twitter, what's your Twitter handle, Mike? Mike um, it's, it's M-I-K-B-R-E, but, um, you know, nothing special there. Just, just, just random, you have some random, good tweets. random mutterings. Yeah, some good tweets. Yeah, yeah follow us on Twitter. Um, and also tell your friends you can find us on, you can find us everywhere there's a podcast I think um, pretty yeah. easy I actually listen to us on I listen to us on YouTube I'm not sure why it's, that's why I go to listen yeah, to it okay yeah I do the Apple podcast app um, but we're pretty much everywhere so you can follow us you can subscribe you can rate and review and please do yeah, and yeah and, and and also if we if we got something wrong please tell us or if you have questions that you want us to dig into also tell us. I think that's good. Like, yeah, if you got any questions, um, let us know because I, I wouldn't mind going back and answering some of these questions and digging more into comic lore stuff. It's, it's always fun for me. And I'm looking forward to the adventures because I, that's about 60 years worth of comic stuff smashed into two hours. So it's going to be a lot of right, fun. Yeah, no, I think that would be really cool if we get a, enough questions to like pull together for a, um, yeah, question, episode, a yeah. question. Yeah, a question episode. That'd be fun. So yeah, th- th- make it happen, listeners. Make it happen.